Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and those amazing relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So ladies, are you ready to be empowered and take control of your own sex life? Well, the first steps include self-love, learning how to orgasm, and perfecting the foreplay. Well, today we have an amazing show with one of our previous guests and a good friend of ours. And the show's all about how girl, good girls need to embrace their sexuality and celebrate sexual pleasure. Why? Because girls just want to have fun. And it's okay to do so, right, babe? Absolutely. That was so cute, sweetie. I love that. But before we get into our show, let's just remind everyone to join us at Naughty New Orleans. It's July 24 to 28 this year in New Orleans, obviously. Uh, but it's the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world with over 1,300 couples. This event not only is a full takeover of two of the French Quarter's biggest hotels, it takes over Bourbon Street, too. Woohoo! Sure does. And two years ago, we were the king and queen, and we led the parade down Bourbon Street. So that was last year, honey. One year ago. Last year? Oh, yeah. my goodness. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It was last year. So um, go check out the sexylifestyle.com travel and events tab for more information on how you can book your tickets for this crazy, fun, sexy, entertaining, and informative event in the heart of the French Quarter of New Orleans. You definitely don't want to miss this. Well, this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're so excited to introduce our guest, August McLaughlin. She's a creator of Girl Boner and Girl Boner Radio. She's also an award-winning health and sexuality writer. August specializes in exploring women's lives and sexuality. She's that fearless sister slash girlfriend that you've always wanted, and she loves to talk about sex. And we love talking about sex. That's why we love having August on our show. Actually, uh, earlier this year, we were in L.A., and we were in her studio, and we were on her show. Girl Boner Radio. August, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Great to have you again. Oh, thank you, Carol and David. That was such a lovely intro. And it was such a treat to meet you in person. It felt like I had met you in person many times before when I met you. So it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have some, I don't know why, but we have this great connection. Well, I feel very connected to you. I've read your book from beginning to end, every single word that uh, last year you launched your Girl Broner book, A Good Girl's Guide to Sexual Empowerment. I loved it. I took it with me on the cruise ship last year in June. It was amazing. So I really feel this great connection, like we're vibing in the same place. Thank you, Carol. That means so much to me. I, I feel that too. And uh, the fact that you took the time to to read it, you know, as a creator, what that means with mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, commits to something that you put together and, and that you're passionate about. So it's not even a year later that you're actually launching your next book journal. Why don't you tell us all about that? Sure. Yeah. So Girl Boner released last year in August, appropriately. And it is the the guide to sexual empowerment. It's a, it's a very meaty book, no pun intended, and has journal exercises within it and a lot of information covering the main topics that come up in my work in sexual empowerment. And the journal is, it's a standalone and it's also a companion. So if you did not read the first book or, um, you know, you haven't got around to it yet, or if you just prefer journaling as a way of, cultivating sexual empowerment. Um, you can do this book all on its own as well. So it's full of stories. I interviewed a bunch more people for this one. I shared more stories from my own life as well. And it has humor. It has, you know, serious, heavier topics. But I tried to keep it very conversational like the first book because I want people to feel like they aren't alone in their journey. They can have fun and joy and pleasure as they get to know themselves and they deepen 
their sexual self-discovery. And what are some of the um, issues or topics you deal with in the journal? Because uh, the Girl Boner book uh, covered things from, I don't know, A to Z. Uh, Maybe you want to bring up a couple of the favorite parts or some uh, great comments you've heard about your book and then talk about um, some of the things that are in the journal as well. Oh, sure. Thank you. So the main book, I have loved hearing from people. Um, a lot of people say they feel like they're hanging out with someone, and, and I appreciate that, that, it's, that it is conversational. Um, I, I've heard from people who are exploring different gender identities or learning more about a partner's gender identity. I've heard from a lot of people who associate with that kind of, quote, good girl term. They grew up with a lot of shame, very often also trauma, and they, because of those factors, have felt very isolated and alone, and so they're going to the book to find beginner's tips and how to take the first steps and how to, you know, experience pleasure for the first time, perhaps, orgasmically. Um, I've heard from people who've never masturbated before, and then I've heard from therapists and sex educators who are... Um, either using it with their clients or, or finding out more information because I feel like we're always learning and I'm such a research junkie so the book is full of um, you know how to's and takeaways from different things and the journal really takes a lot of those topics deeper so sex toys and sex positions and what you learned in sex ed and all kinds of juicy stuff. And do you actually get into telling people how to take a vibrator and how to put it in their pussy or a masturbator and put it on your cock and how do you do mutual masturbation? Um, or is it just you need to do it? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a Sex Toys 101 section in the main Girl Boner book and then there's also a sex toy section of the, the journal. And in, in Girl Boner, it does ha- has uh, drawings of some of the toys because if you've never bought a toy and all you've seen is like the vibrator on Sex in the City, for example, <laughs> you don't know that there's this whole world of other things, right? Um, I didn't know what a butt plug was when I started <laughs> Girl Boner. Um, so there are, you know, careful drawings, just kind of um, not, not super graphic and not super um, right. full color or anything, just enough to give you an idea. And then, yeah, there are tips and from experts and and basic how-tos and also yes i definitely encourage um partner masturbation i think it's so hot and such a great way to learn your body and communicate with each other now you talk about journaling are people actually writing in the book or are you encouraging them to make a journal on the side yeah so in the first book it has journaling prompts and you'll you'd want to have a notebook um, or type into your computer, or you could use the Girl Boner Journal. The Girl Boner Journal has blank pages mm-hmm. as well, so you can write directly into it. Um, I'm a fan of both. I obviously am a writer, so I love, I type faster than I talk, um, but there's something about taking a pen to the page, and I'm really excited for people to make the, the journal their own, because when, when it's finished, if they, if they use the whole book, they've like written half the book, wow. and that makes wow. me really happy. It's yeah, it's their own. So, I, so I, I'm, I'm not. Hang on one sec. Sorry. I'm, I'm just going to ask a question sure. because I'm a guy and <laughs> we're not the most intelligent people on the planet. But I'm not a person who writes. Um, I like watching TV, like watching, and I, I listen. But if I were to journal, if I were to sit down and have to write something, what would I write about? Like how it felt when Carol sucked my cock, or um, we tried a new position and it was good and it wasn't good, or. Uh, we had four couples over for um, uh, an orgy and what I liked and what I didn't like? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, both books and especially throughout the journal, it's full of prompts. So there might be, you could go to a section and it might say something along the lines of describe your hottest fantasy or describe your favorite recent sexual experience. Um, there's a place for like a sex bucket list things that you might dream of. Um, so you can certainly just free write if you just wanted to use the prompt to guide you or just a notebook. If you, you know, if you don't have the journal, you could just jot it all down. Um, and I also think that if you would prefer to speak your, your words instead of write them down, I think it's totally cool to just record them into an audio memo. You know, there's no wrong way to, to do any of this kind of work. I don't think you have to, 
um, do it in one particular. So I, I do have tips at the beginning for different styles because I think everyone has a different kind of learning style and, and it's fun to just experiment and see what works. And I really like the idea of having a dedicated place to put down those types of, I guess, sexual thoughts, if you want to call it that. And because, you know, we're so used to Pinterest or whatever, we have now a place to put things that we find online, that we can collect things. But when you have a thought about sex, it's like, okay, now what do I do with that? Where do I put that? Do I send myself a memo? No, you know, I'm going to open up my journal, and I'm going to put it down in the right appropriate place. So I think that's great that we have something on, on our bedside table or in our side drawer or whatever it might live, and that you could just pick it up at any time and write down your thoughts. I, what, I always love that idea. What would you put in a journal? And if you put it in, is it something you want as a reminder to do another time or not to do? Or just as a record of what I was thinking about at the time and look back on it later because we evolve when we start exploring our sexuality and we start evolving. It's kind of fun to look back on those things that you might have thought. You remember when we started in the lifestyle and then we said a year later, we said, oh my God, we thought that was sexy. Well, that's nothing compared to what we think is sexy today. So as people evolve, it's kind of fun to go back and review where your thoughts were back then and why and how they have evolved today. Is that kind of the idea that you have with your with your journal? Absolutely. That was really well said, Carol, and, and very insightful. I do think that that's part of the power of it. And I love that you said have it on your bedside table. I think that's a beautiful practice and a, it's a self-care practice to carve out whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour um, a day or every week to commit to your own thoughts, you know, to get your feelings out. I personally find journaling first thing in the morning to be really powerful because it's before you let the day get into, you know, in the way of things and it helps you tap into your subconscious. So if you are carrying around guilt or shame or fear it's a nice way to let that out. Other people love journaling late at night when they can't sleep. Um, I think those are all really powerful. And also, if you're feeling a little bit of disconnect with your sexuality or pleasure or having challenges, it's nice to have a safe space where you feel comforted, that you can go to this place. No one's going to judge you. Um, you could just let your thoughts out, and it's just for you alone. You could even put someone else's name on it if you wanted to <laughs> so that nobody knows it's yours. Um, or maybe it's something you want to share with your partner and say, hey, look what I wrote um, to kind of spice things up. Well, I think it's so important these days, and I see it very, very often on social media, and and we're on all the different platforms, all about self-love. And self-love is not selfish. And those are the things and the words that we have to get out to our audience, your audience, everybody who's reading your book, that it's so important at any age to love yourself, love your body, and be comfortable in your own skin. Absolutely. I am with you 100%. Okay, I'm getting back to the journal because I'm liking this because I have so many fantasies, a lot more than you do. I want to write them down and then slide my journal to you (laughs) so you can find it and help me, you know, just every once in a while. But but once you write things down, that's more concrete than just talking about I, it or thinking it, about it. it right? and obviously, August is a very mm-hmm. organized person in the journal, um, helps everybody's uh, thoughts and, and what they want to do and when they want to do it and how they want to do it and what, puts it all in one place. But I know, August, you also have um, a thing for lists, this yes, no, and maybe list. Does that tie into the journal as well? Yeah, so the journal has a yes, no, maybe list like a chart, basically, it's kind of more of a workbook part of the book where you can fill it in yourself and it has suggestions of things to consider, you know, so say if you've never tried spanking, is that a yes? Is that a no? Is that a maybe? Mm -hmm. And you can always change your mind. Mm -hmm. It's just how you feel at that moment. But it's a really nice tool for anybody who wants to communicate about sex with a partner and maybe feels a little bit vulnerable around that. Or they feel really comfortable about it, but just want to, you know, consider some new ideas and maybe get to know a new partner. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't all, well, so many people don't know what they don't know. And then you suggest something like spanking. For example, that has actually just been introduced to me in the last few years. I never, ever thought about spanking. It's not something I ever asked for. But I thought, well, I never thought about it before. Maybe I might want to try that. So you're giving people an option of considering or exploring the possibilities, opening their mind to new ideas. And that whole list that you're talking about 
can be reviewed a year from now and see how you feel then. You got very turned on when Goddess Phoenix was spanking I me. I know. I like that. David wanted to be spanked. So I thought, okay, go for it. Your, your pussy was dripping wet. <laughs> exactly. Like I had never, ever thought of that before. So there you go. Yeah. I, I love this kind of list. So what other kinds of things are on that list? Uh, so one that I really love, and it's, I thought of it because, Carol, I didn't, just didn't occur to me to try until I tried it. And I was like, wow, um, temperature play. Ooh. So with warm water or with ice cubes, uh, you can do this in so many different kinds of ways. But one way that I think is really fun is with a glass dildo, oh. where it's very, it's kind of cool already in temperature, just by the nature of what it's made of. Um, but you could, if you wanted to, put it in the refrigerator. You don't want to obviously put something that's too hot or too cold. Um, but a glass dildo is elegant, and it, it's just such a new adventure to kind of try, I think, for anyone who's not um, experienced it before. And you can dunk it in warm water. Or what's really cool is if you start with a cold one, and you masturbate and you play and your body heats up and then your pussy heats it. And that's like a really exciting thing. So that's on the list too. And then you feel hot because you've just now made that dildo warmer or hot. And then that makes mm-hmm. you feel hot because you've just done that. But, you know, we actually play a little yeah. bit with um, temperature as well. Not so much with candles or with the, like you suggested, the glass dildo. What we like to do is I take a sip of my hot coffee. And when I have a super like hot tea or hot coffee, I say, okay, David, pull down your pants. And then I suck his cock. Like I take the sip and then suck his cock right away. And he goes, ooh, like I see his face and I know he's loving it well of course he always loves when mm. I suck his cock no but, but the, the difference in temperature <laughs> yeah. from your body temperature yeah, is, yeah it makes it's, a difference it's amazing. right it is. yeah it is yeah and what does warm we, we actually uh, talked with warm um, what do they call it experience warm and they have two products one is it warms up your lube and the other one keeps your um, toys sex warm. toys warm and she talks about how our bodies are hardwired to seek out heat so that's just something you never really think about but it makes sense, right, when you hear it like that. And so when you put in the cold, it's like, ooh, and then when you get to that warm, you say, ah. So that's the kind of, you know, I guess that's the kind of thing that you're going to get when someone has never even thought about playing with temperature. Yeah, exactly. And just hearing you talk about it on a podcast or a radio show or seeing the phrase even might just pique some curiosity. And I think that curiosity is a really big piece of our sexual exploration and, and to get different ideas. Um, another one on the list is orgasm control. Have you talked about that on the show before? Uh, um, edge, edging, right? We actually, we, we experienced yeah. when we were at Hedo, we, we didn't talk about it yet. So you go ahead and explain it. Yeah. So yes, it's also called edging and essentially you edge close to orgasm and then either you or your partner or the two of you, stop the activity that is bringing about orgasm. So it's basically like putting like a piece of chocolate in your mouth and right before you start chewing it, like take it back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you, you're almost there and then you can't have it. And then you're almost there and then you can't have it. And it, it is, I find it excruciating, but also really exciting because it's, if you go on for a while, it your body gets so aroused, like head to toe, that the pleasure is immense. So you're also like, please let me experience so, orgasm. So, so I'm yeah. going to stop for a second. I'm going to pause and I'm going to say, babe, yeah. what do you think about that? Bringing you to the edge of an orgasm and stopping. <laughs> I will Honestly. Kill him. I will kill him. <laughs> but no, if you know you're doing it, see, this is all about consent no, and no, it's no, about no, discussion. In the moment, in the moment, you're like, don't fucking stop. Don't stop. <laughs> okay. Here it comes. Here well, it comes. Like I said, if we're in edging play, yeah. okay, then mm-hmm. I would be up for it because I know really? I'm going to expect it at some point. So like if he just stopped out of the blue, that's why I say I would fucking kill him. But if we were in that edging play, because we did witness an edging workshop uh, with... Um, we used the womanizer. Yeah, we used the womanizer. Uh, and it was it was amazing to see it. And we saw the pleasure exactly how you described it. But then again, it's because you're playing, you're having fun, you're exploring, you're curious. It's not like out of the blue, I'm taking something away from you like, you, like you've done something wrong. That's kind of what the difference might be. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head there. It's, you don't want to just 
suddenly, you know, wrong somebody or something. But it's exciting when you know it's, it's going to happen yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and you can do it on your own as well, where you, you know, use a toy or your hands or whatever. Um, but yeah, consenting boundaries are really important around that. And it's, it's a good way to practice that muscle too, to say, hey, do you want to try this? And if your partner says not tonight, then that's great. Um, but yeah, when it's agreed upon, I, I, so many of these things, like you don't want to just suddenly blindfold your partner, right? <laughs> you no, exactly. Yeah. Thank your partner. <laughs> yeah. So having, having some communication, I think, um, is great. And if, and if it feels weird to do it while you're already naked and having sex, then you want to talk in advance and say, hey, here's what we're going to do later. And if you find that it's a way of turning you on and getting you and making it last longer, then of course, you're going to, you know, you're going to continue doing that kind of thing. But it's great just to try it. And, you know, if you don't like it the first time, try it again a couple times. But I think that could be something very interesting. We're going to talk more about orgasms in our Great Sex Matters segment a little bit later. Uh, so well, let's just remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're having a great discussion with August McLaughlin, who is the author and uh, of Girl Boner Journal and a radio show host. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk all about foreplay, masturbation, and a lot of other great stuff. So just stay tuned. We'll be right back. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in a warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and today we are chatting with the beautiful and intelligent author August McLaughlin who also has her own podcast Girl Boner Radio and today we're talking about sexual pleasure and now we're going to get into foreplay as a lifestyle. So let's start August let's start by talking about what is foreplay as a lifestyle as you see it. I see foreplay because the word foreplay sounds like it's before the important event and I actually see it as something that we can hold as a value um, and ignite throughout our lives. And so foreplay as a lifestyle to me means staying connected to our sexuality and mm-hmm. to our, our pleasure center. Um, and that can manifest in all different kinds of ways. In, in the context of a partner, I think one reason that I actually did a poll on Twitter for my girl boner listeners recently and was asking about orgasm blocking thoughts. And one of the common ones was uh, that people told me that they were, they would have trouble reaching orgasm because it was taking so long. And that stops them from enjoying the experience. And to that, I always think, you know, that's one way to navigate that and to prevent that is you don't start thinking about sex and orgasm the moment that you're starting to have sex. You, you turn yourself on throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, I can just confirm all of that because certainly after menopause and um, certainly postmenopausal, that we slow down our arousals and uh, this time of our lives. And so what we need to do is we need to spice it up. And we actually 
consciously spice it up throughout the day. And I mean, that might, might not be true or necessary for every single person, but for me, it certainly is. So we actually have fun and talk about sex throughout the day because we know that's what's going to keep the juices flowing, get things excited, and that when we do actually have the time at the end of the day or, or in the middle of the day when we decide to have sex, that we're already thinking about it. My brain is already there. Mm, that's really beautiful. I love that. And it's such a good point about the aging process. I think there's this idea that, you know, sexuality and sex drive and everything just sort of goes away. And, and as you both know very well, and, and you just proved it even in those statements, it's something that you can continue to value and, and thrive in. So, so, you know, we're talking about this all day foreplay and foreplay as a lifestyle. But in the real world, so many people have trouble balancing family, work, relationships, sex, sleep, stress. August, how do people find the time to add this foreplay lifestyle into everything else that's going on? Because we know when push comes to shove, relationships and sexuality always gets pushed aside for work and family. Mm, that's a great question. I don't think it has to take much time, but I also want to acknowledge uh, something that you brought up that's so important, which is the hierarchy of needs, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we need to be able, like if we haven't slept and we haven't taken care of our basic needs, we haven't eaten, we haven't um, addressed major stress if we're not taking care of, of health needs, all that stuff, we have to start from there. And I think that that, that is, if really, if there was a foreplay, that's the foreplay. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing before the sex and before the sexy thoughts and all of that is like supreme self-care. And so that also doesn't have to be this super time-intensive thing, but I think it is a privilege to have more time to be able to, you know, or to have insurance to go to the doctor, for example. Mm-hmm. So I think really starting from the standpoint of, um, you know, Am I taking care of myself? I think that's really powerful. And once the answer is yes, and you're generally, I mean, everyone's going to have nights where they didn't sleep that much. They're going to go through times where it's really stressful. Like I go through deadline weeks where it's kind of insane. And I know, you know, I'm not going to be, I mean, I'm going to be thinking about sex probably because I'm writing about sex, but it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be something like I'm going to be having lots and lots of sex. Um, and so I think giving ourselves permission to, to have that, those times and know that's normal, but then also it, it can be such a simple thing. It can be as simple as looking at your own body in the mirror and looking for sexiness or touching yourself masturbating for five minutes or doing one journaling prompt, taking 10 minutes to think, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, long thing. Um, With a partner, when you're both really busy, maybe you have different schedules, I think text messages can be great. You know, there's so many ways that can be not only a a form of kind of foreplay that fuels the fire where you're sending the sexy message, but that also helps ease stress to have because it builds connection. Now, I've been reading lately, and I've been seeing it also, again, on social media, because that's where we're getting all our prompts. We follow all, I follow all of the sex educators on social media. It it sounds kind of like I'm just out there having fun, but I'm actually learning a lot every single day. And I know that it's so important for a relationship to prioritize sex, because it's so easy, like you said, with a lot of things going on in your life, to put sex aside. But we must, must, must stay connected to our partner. And sexuality is one of the ways we stay connected. And even if it's with a touch or a stroke of the mm-hmm. cheek or a tap of the butt if that's what they like then that's what we need to do all the time and when we kiss our partner goodbye and they go off for their day and you know hug them when they come home and happy to see them those embraces and those touches um, reinforce that connection that we have with our partner so if we don't have time to have sex that particular moment or that day we still have those reminders that we are sexually connected we are physically connected as a couple so I love the idea that this foreplay all day long or the foreplay lifestyle is that it's just touching your partner, maybe in the groin, whereas you might put it on a shoulder, maybe you'll just slip your hand between their, their thighs just for fun or just to stay connected and say, I remember, but I, we don't have time right now, but I can't wait till we get together again. Mm, really beautifully said. It is so true. And I think it's really important to, to have non-sexual touch that feels intimate as well. I think that's so 
powerful and, like you said, doesn't take as much time. And also because, I, I mean, I don't know if Canada is quite, I don't think you may be as touch averse as, as our culture, but in the U.S., we have this very weird, we have weird stuff around touch. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think, you know, we're a very touch averse culture. So then when there is any touch, it can feel very sexual. You know, it, it's a very strange kind of thing, kind of how we don't talk about sex. <laughs> you know, yeah, that there's yeah. like lots of images of sex. So I think really um, embracing, and, and you can even say, because I have friends and I have listeners who said to me, if I, if we start kissing, we are going to have sex so we don't start kissing. Oh, no. You know, and that that's a sad thing because mm-hmm. th- that's about managing expectations. Mm-hmm. And you can even say, you know what, can we make out for a minute? I, I know we don't have time to like full on have sex, but I really want to feel close to you. Mm-hmm. I love kissing. Mm-hmm. We do love kissing. And you're right. It, it, the communication is to the really is the key to all of this. So expressing your thoughts, your needs, your desires, and the fact that, like, I love when David touches me. I don't need him to reach out and grab a tit. I don't. I just need him to give me that loving caress. I know he's there for me. He's supportive. Um, grabbing my tit is not going to do anything for me right now. Like, I'm, we're not having sex. We're but what not if doing... it does something for me? Yeah, well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't count here. <laughs> Yeah, he knew that was going to be the answer. He's laughing. Um, But what I was going to say was, we just have to make sure that we communicate what kind of touching we want to have as a connective touch, rather than, oh, this is a signal that you want to have sex right now. Yes, absolutely. That's beautiful that you can talk about that. And and I love that you mentioned the kind of touch, too. And that applies during sex and outside of sex is articulating. I actually had a wonderful conversation with Mona Darling, who I interviewed for my first Actually, she's in both books. Um, but in the first Girl Boner book, she's a dominatrix. And I interviewed her about thinking and consent and kink, you know, starter kind of kink stuff. And uh, and we talked about how you can't just say, I love spanks. I love being spanked or I love spanking. Because for one person, that's going to be a gentle little pat. And for another person, that's going to be like a thrashing. And for another person, yeah. it's going to be a rub. Yeah. So using our adjectives, using our words. Right, and really explain it. So I guess this is a good time it's to... It's a great segue into fantasies. Okay, yeah, let's talk about fantasies for a little bit. Because it's so important to have fantasies. It's so important to share fantasies. Some might get fulfilled and others not, but... We all have sexual fantasies. If I had all my fantasies fulfilled, I'd never get any work done. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> so do you do you deal with this yes. in your journal about the fantasies and writing them down? That was one of the things you mentioned in the earlier segment. Yes, yes, absolutely I do. I think it's one of the best ways to explore a fantasy is to write about it. Um, I think that's really powerful. So considering what fantasies you have had in the past fantasies you're having currently. Um, and then also, are you fantasizing about what you want to fantasize about? I have a really interesting story. Uh, I interviewed somebody who her fantasies changed quite a bit because she used to be into really, really large penises. Like that was her fetish and all she wanted. And then she really felt for this guy who is, does not have a, a large penis at all. And at first it was a challenge for her because she was used to watching like, you know, big penis porn and like it was, it was literally a passion and she made the decision to focus on what she wanted to turn her on. And and there's a quote in the book. She says, I've experienced pleasure in ways I had never thought I could. I'm now an all size opportunity lover. Mm. And I just love that. I think Mm -hmm. it's so cool that we can have a say in what we fantasize about. Yeah, and you know, we actually went to France last summer and we went through a a therapy retreat. I don't really know how else to explain it, but it was a documentary that we filmed and we went through four days of different types of therapy. But we learned a lot about how we actually can control what we want, what we need, and most of us don't know that. So when we start Mm -hmm. reading things that are empowering, like your Girl Boner book and listening to a lot of the things on your Girl Boner radio, we're learning that we actually can control things that are happening around us and to us and with us. That's really beautiful. I love that you learned that. And you're right. A lot of people have no idea that that's the case. And especially when it comes to sexual fantasies, it's interesting because if you don't have some sort of 
a, like decision. Like if you don't decide whether or not, or think about whether you want to keep these same fantasies, the world will fill in the blanks for you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to automatically, like there are cultures where um, breasts are just not sexualized Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And elbows are, (laughs) you know, so there you'd watch like elbow porn, you know, it's like, so it's, it's really funny. And, And there's nothing wrong with, you know, I find breast sexy. Like I, but I also know where that comes from. It's, it's societal. So, um, it's, it's considering where your fantasies come from and then deciding, is this empowering? Is this like helpful to my sex life and to my relationship and to the way I exist in the world? Or do I want to broaden it? Um, we can put limitations on our fantasies too, where, you know, we don't, we don't want to think that, Oh, actually I am attracted to men and women, for example, like, um, if you learned that that was like not ideal, although I think there's so much more openness around that now, but I think so many women are very fluid in our sexuality. I know that I am, I don't, I don't label mine as anything. And that gives me such freedom because something erotic, erotic can just turn me on. It doesn't have to be something that fits into like particular criteria. Right. And, 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 I- and like Carol, Carol considers herself by situational, by selective, by selfish. If the moment is good, that's what's good for her. And if the moment's not good, well... They're not. (laughs) They're not. Sometimes she wants to masturbate. Sometimes she wants to fuck me. Sometimes in an orgy, she wants to do a woman. It's just about what's good for you as a person in that moment. And just because you did it today doesn't mean you're going to do it next week. Right. And one of the things that I liked about your idea of journaling the fantasies is that we can write them down in a safe place but what about sharing them with your partner? That's much more vul- You're so vulnerable at the time. How that do you, you act- open up and tell yeah. your partner, "I want a threesome," or yeah. uh, you know, "I want it up the ass," something like that? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I think there are so many ways to navigate that. And one of them is to find a scene of a movie or an erotic story, or share. You know, it could be a podcast episode, like something that. Um, depicts that fantasy and just say, hey, what do you think of this? Um, I think that could be really powerful. Uh, And yeah, it's interesting how I think we do have some trouble sometimes around expressing our wants. I think that's that's one of the goals in my work is to really encourage people to embrace their fantasies. Like I I want them to have full permission to want and to desire um, and to learn also when we, when we give ourselves that grace then we don't judge other people's fantasies either. And that's a really, really powerful thing. And the great thing about fantasies is it does not have to come true. It could just be a fantasy and you keep it a fantasy or you might have those that you might as a goal in the back of your mind that one day I would like to do this. And whether it's next year or 10 years from now, that's okay. It doesn't have to be fulfilled. You could be thinking about these, what you might think, crazy, horny things, but they're just probably just average fantasies that everyone else is thinking about too. It's really true. And it's interesting because there's so many articles that are like women's fantasies, men's fantasies. They're all the same fantasies. Right. I mean, literally, they're all the same <laughs> fantasies. We just like give them all these different labels. And um, the fantasies we don't hear about as much are the ones that are whispered about. Or usually it's, I hear about them because people have shame around them, sadly. So they say, I've been thinking about this thing and I'm kind of embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And inevitably... You know, I just interviewed someone who has a beard fetish, and she's very happy about this. Um, but I don't think everyone would be that bold as to go into an interview and say, I get really turned on by, you know, men's hairy faces or, you know, hairy balls or whatever it is. Like, it, it, people get really wigged out about that stuff. But whatever people fantasize about, I would feel like, I mean, because fantasies can't hurt anyone either. We fantasize right. about robbing a bank, you know. <laughs> we might yeah. go, oh, I wish I had all that money. <laughs> we're right. not actually going to do it. So as long as we're not hurting anyone and they're not like festering and causing problems, I say embrace them. Absolutely. I think that's actually a very healthy way to live. And and if you can share it, like I said, the safe space is writing it down and and sharing it with yourself. But then the, the hard part is sharing it with a partner. That's kind of fun. I think that that could be a goal for somebody who wants to grow in their sexuality. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a great segue into May, which is Masturbation mm-hmm. Month. And so many people, we were talking about sex toys earlier, so many people have this issue about 
masturbating in front of their partner and they think it's this this thing that they shouldn't do and it's 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 taboo whereas masturbation whether it be mutual or just in front of your partner we believe is such a healthy and important part of a relationship yes i agree i think it's very helpful i would say it's one of the hottest things you can do mm-hmm. as a couple mm-hmm. it's there's something about because built into it is anticipation and there's especially if you're side-by-side masturbation can be great i recommend facing each other because whether you're standing you know face to face across a room or maybe you're both on your knees or i mean whatever position you want to be in but but looking at each other you get to see your partner wanting you you get to see their pleasure all those things are such a turn on. And then in addition, you get to show them what feels good to you. And and you're communicating the whole time. So you can tell when your partner is turned on by something you're doing with yourself. Uh, so it's really fun. You can also do masturbation side by side into like a wall mirror so that you can watch both of you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, really hot. If, if you're really self-conscious about the, um, I guess, the vulnerability of everything being seen at first try it in the dark first even knowing you're both masturbating and hearing the sounds like i think that's such a sexy sound um all the sounds of masturbating but i think that's really hot you could even take turns and if if maybe if your partner is more comfortable have them go first um i don't think you know there's no pressure ever for anybody to, to do a particular thing but if you're open to it i think just try it i mean there's really nothing to lose and You'll probably have a lot of fun. Well, Carol Carol loves when I come in her pussy. But she, every once in a while, she loves when I just sit there and I'm stroking my cock. And I see in her face that she's getting turned on. And she's playing with her tits and her pussy. But she's watching. And she's watching me get turned on. And really what she wants to see is the cum come mm-hmm. out the head of mm-hmm. my cock. Because normally she doesn't see it. It's Normally it's inside her pussy. She feels the heat, the warmth, and my body convulsing around hers. But now it's me doing all the work and the cum just comes out. And she likes feeling the warmth on her tits. But I just see in her face and it's just like something completely different like than we're actually fucking. Yeah. yeah, it's actually, it's a treat. It's fun to see. And, you know, sometimes I just don't, well, I don't know. I just think it's fun that he's doing all the work with his hand, you know, just saying that you can see him doing it and he knows exactly the right spot that's going to make make it all happen. And you learn from it as well. I know. I mm. learn from it. But the whole fun thing is seeing the pleasure coming on it. And he knows he's pleasuring me too because I'm anticipating, anticipating that ejaculation. So that is kind of fun. I love, uh, we love masturbating together. And I feel empowered because I know you want, you're, you want me to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes, that is awesome. And I think that's a huge part of it, right? Because we get so, I don't think, I mean, do either of you think there's a bigger turn on than feeling your partner's desire? Like really knowing they really want it and they really, you know, and they they want you. That's the other thing I think about partner masturbation is people think it's two separate people having sex, but you're actually, you're still having sex together. I really feel that when people have sex and have a, a very good connection, that they're giving each other the gift of pleasure. And to me, even when David's masturbating and doing it himself, uh, the gift is that I'm going to be taking your hot cum all over me. So like, my gift is allowing you to put it all over me, which I know is going to pleasure him too. So all of these things that we give each other during sexual pleasure is just, you know, it's just actually... It's just a different way to connect. Yeah, and, and it brings joy to mm. the two of us, and that's how we keep our connection very hot and spicy and strong. That's awesome. You two are such good role models. I just think it's <laughs> awesome that you are not only enjoying your relationship so much, but your enthusiasm is so contagious. I think it's so great. Yay. Cool. All right, August, we're going to ask you to hang on for a sec. We're going to remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We've been talking with and are going to continue talking with August McLaughlin. We were just talking about fantasies and foreplay and sexual pleasure. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about um, orgasms yeah. on our favorite part of the show, which is Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's the sexylifestyle.com Great sex starts now. listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This segment of The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David is sponsored by the SDC Croatian Cruise. Get ready to experience SDC's famous foam parties, deck parties, and erotic live shows. Or simply savor all the sexy couples that SDC has to offer. For more information about this trip or any other event, visit the SexyLifestyle.com business pages, travel and events tab. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're having an amazing discussion with August McLaughlin, who is author of the book Girl Boner. She is releasing the Girl Boner Journal. She has her own podcast. She never stops. She is one of the most amazing people we know. And now we're going to get to talk to her all about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So, you know, humans are sexual beings and our natural sexual desire drives us to have sex. But we have to make that conscious effort to make sure that the sex gives us pleasure. And one way of achieving sexual pleasure is by reaching climax and having a great big orgasm. I almost had an orgasm in the last segment. (laughs) So, August, tell us why it's so important to have orgasms. Let me count the ways. Um, <laughs> yeah, orgasms are incredible. I just think they're some of the best medicine that we have emotionally, physically. It's such a, it's the most present bringing thing that we do. I think it is so zen. <laughs> so if you're not into meditation or you want to get the perks, but have a lot of fun in the process, I think orgasm's huge. It's, it's incredible just to experience what your body is capable of pleasure wise. And for everybody, well, I never know exactly if everybody has the same feeling during an orgasm, but I know that there's lots of different types of orgasms. Being in the swinging lifestyle and being in orgies and hearing other people climax and come and squirt and squirt and have great orgasms, we hear and experience and see all different types of orgasms, small, large, loud, quick, tense, all different types. Yes, there are so many kinds of orgasm. It's interesting because we we tend to think that men have one kind of orgasm and they're always the same and that women tend to have, you know, clitoral or vaginal or G-spot. And actually, there's so much more nuance than that for everybody, like regardless of your genitalia, regardless of your gender. I think um, knowing that the whisper quiet ones are really sexy too and the really mind-blowing ones are amazing, too. Uh, no two orgasms are exactly the same, and that's kind of part of their magic. And, I, you know, I just have to describe this. When we're on some of these big cruises where we're maybe 4,000 different swingers all on the same cruise, when you go into the playroom and there might be, I don't know, three or 400 different people in there, and you start listening to the climaxing going on because you can hear it, some men are so loud and intense, and some men have like complete body gasms. What about the women? No, I'm just saying. So like you, in porn, you always see the women screaming and yelling. Like that's what people expect, oh, right? Get, get, yeah. But actually, it's so interesting to hear the men who scream and yell during their orgasms, which a lot of people don't experience because they're not in an orgy situation like we might be. But it's so cool to see men ex- or hear men expressing their, I guess, animalistic nature. 
That is awesome because I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think it depends on what community you're in because when you're in a really sex-positive, open-minded community, I think people are much more likely to make sounds. In my experience, the guys I've been with usually don't make a lot of sounds. Um, like historically, when I look back at all like my early boyfriends and stuff like that, I feel like women are more likely to to connect with that part of themselves, although there might be still self-consciousness around it. Um, but I think as we accept our sexuality and we grow in it, I think it's such a beautiful thing to let the noise out. <laughs> you well, know, I, I used think- to... I used to think that that was just a porn thing. I used to think that that was kind of a fake part of porn until I rejoined uh, the, the the lifestyle. You are the lo- loudest <laughs> I orgasm and so person I, I, I know. Never really wa- it was one of those shame things that I had that I never wanted to release any sounds because then I would be like uh, a porn star, which like that's not really was my intention. But to You're hear my porn star, to hear all the different sounds in an orgy situation, especially in those big big playrooms, and it gets you turned on too. It certainly does. Yeah, it really accelerates. Uh, uh, how many times have I like, experienced orgasm exactly at the same time as another woman? Because we egg right. each other on, and next you know she's climaxing, I'm climaxing, and then oof, there here it comes. <laughs> but it's so fun to hear all the different real sex sounds, not porn sounds. These are real people having real sex, and like you said, sex positive. So they're just letting it out, and it's male and female, not like what you see on the porn. Flicks. All right, so so we were talking about you know orgies and swinger situations, but let's bring it back to the general population okay. over here. And we've been talking about orgasms. August, I know you have a passion talking about orgasms, whether they be fast or slow and quickies or longies. How, what do people do to control those different lengths and um, types of orgasms? That's a great question. It's interesting because I think most people have a bit of a preference. I think all of us enjoy different lengths of time spent um, during sex, but but a lot of people are more into quickies. A lot of people are more into longies, as I call them, just taking more time. Um, if you want to match up better with a partner or you just don't have time and you're usually used to these longer ones, what we were talking about earlier, having the foreplay as a lifestyle or all day long, that will make things move much faster. Another thing you can do is because estrogen moves slower in the body and women are more um, likely to, you know, it might take a little bit longer for them to experience orgasm. Um, One thing you can do is before you're going to have sex, insert a toy, Mm -hmm. you know, like a wearable Mm -hmm. vibrator Mm -hmm. or a butt plug if Mm -hmm. that turns you on or vibrating panties or even a yoni egg, like something that, that stimulates your genitals while you're like having dinner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, in advance, mm-hmm. because by the time it's almost going to feel like orgasm control or edging <laughs> by the mm-hmm. time you get to it. So that's one. Um, and then just slow down. There's a lot of things you can do. Again, the edging thing can, can be helpful. Um, mindfulness in your life can really help slow down orgasm and ejaculation and, and all of that too, if you want to. So breathing exercises, um, you know, and, and really I think stress relief in your life can, can help. Um, but yeah, it's fun to kind of play with too, to, to see, uh, what it's like to, to move things faster if you're used to one or to make things take longer. I, I tend to like the faster and it was a big adjustment for me to, to like intentionally experiment with taking a longer time and the benefit of taking a longer time once I got over my own, like little child I am in my head of like, I get I'm like, I want, I'm getting bored. I want to run laps. Like I used to do that. Um, I'd be like, can we just move things along? And what helped me was uh, realizing that when I settle into it and focus on the pleasure that is not the penetration or the orgasm, it builds that arousal and you experience much stronger pleasure, which is great. Well, I really like that idea of putting a toy in, whether, like you said, it could be a yoni egg or a butt plug prior, knowing that you're going to have sex later. It gets you in the Mm -hmm. mind frame, and that's part of that all-day foreplay that you were talking about, but it gets you in the mind frame, and it's that's kind of where you got to, well, for me anyways, slow down my brain because I'm constantly going 24-7, go, 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 go. I have to slow it down, stop, think about myself 
and the pleasure that I'm going to have. And it puts you in that mind frame, kind of like what happens with us. What we do is we put out our sex blanket, you know, our throws of passion, waterproof sex blanket on the bed. We turn on our lube warmer, let that go. We jump in the shower, like we're already setting up the whole situation to play. And we know that we're going to be experiencing sexual pleasure, but it slows everything down. It gets our mind in that place, which is kind of what you were saying. And you know that you're going to be able to, whether you like a fast one or a slow one, I like to knock off the first one pretty fast, right? I like. I would <laughs> like you to slow down even more. I know, but I like to knock that first one off and then, okay, sh- let's work for that second one or third one or whatever we need to work on. But you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who is, I don't need to put my cock in her pussy right away. I like the romance, the arousal. It, I, I could make love for two hours. He puts on the candles and the music and he does that whole thing. But as soon as my cock gets hard, Carol's like, I got to sit on that. And she squirts all over me. And it's like, okay, now lick my pussy because I want to come. It's like, okay, the first song didn't even finish yet. <laughs> I love that, Carol, you and I are both breaking one of the stereotypes. This is that men just want to wham, and and you, David, as well, that men just want to wham, bam, thank you, bam, and that, you know, and that women are the ones who need a very long time, and it's, we're just all very individual. I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what makes us so special. No, that's really great. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways to slow it down. There's lots of ways to enjoy different types of orgasms, but I think also that it's important to understand anatomy of your whole body so that you can understand how that orgasm works, which I think really can help you find your spot. Because some women don't, don't even know how to find the right spot. That's the right... why they need to masturbate. Well, I, I get that. But also learn the anatomy, Guys right? too, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important, particularly if you have a vulva and a clitoris and all of that, it's not as obvious, right? From the outside, and we also just don't learn as much. And so one thing to keep in mind is that, as you both know, the clitoris is about the size of a penis. It's just that we only see a little tiny part of it, the very powerful part of it, but a tiny part of it on the outside. And it's, it's like wishbone shaped and it basically has like these legs on the inside of us. And so um, it, stimulating the internal clitoris can be incredibly powerful and helpful for orgasm. And one of the ways to do that is through deep kissing because the brain sends the signal down. And so that's a really, really awesome way if you're, if you're kind of exploring with different parts of your anatomy um, and then knowing that every person is different. So if you tend to experience more orgasmic bliss on the outside, you might like like the womanizer or have someone um, going down on you from, you know, not going super deep in at the same time um, versus somebody who might enjoy more the internal G-spot kind of play. But there's just so many different ways to, to experience pleasure that I do think, and you're right, David, like the, the solo play is important for that because it helps you explore your own body and your own kind of pleasure centers. Yeah, I really think that's absolutely true. And when books like yours and uh, shows like ours that we actually get this information out and just feel confident enough to explore, whether you're exploring alone with your partner or in a group like we do explore as uh, as swingers, but that's where it's all about. We learn new things all the time and your body changes. It's not the same in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and I'm sure it's not going to be the same in the 60s either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really true. And and embracing that and knowing that it's it's a journey and but not one that is going to necessarily diminish in any way. I think I was just on set for the first explicit senior sex videos that are educational but also somewhat pornographic depending on how you define that, I guess. Um, with Jessica Drake, the porn star, and Joan Price, who is 75 and a sex educator. And they are amazing. They had two couples, um, two pairs. One was a couple and one was two um, actors or basically performers who had never done this before and didn't know each other. (laughs) And it was incredible. I mean, it's beautiful to see that because, again, uh, we can continue to thrive in our sexuality for, for all time. And knowing that it also will change throughout any given year, no matter what our age. I mean, I, in my 20s, did not have as vibrant of a sex life as I do now. I think that's a really a great thing. And we say the same thing all the time. We actually are getting a better and better sex life as we age. And um, like Nancy always says, Dr. Nancy Sutton-Pierce, she always says, sexy has no age limit. 
can be sexy at every age. So I guess it's time for some final advice. Let's hear from you. What would you suggest for someone who wants to be uh, more assertive in the relationship but doesn't really know how to ask for what they need or desire? If you're struggling with being assertive in your relationship, I think it's really important to look at ways to be more assertive on your own. It's very parallel to masturbating to learn your body before you, you know, try different things with a partner. I think when we can stand up for ourselves in any room, we're going to be able to assert ourselves and bring up our desires with a partner as well. So I think that's really important. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do Girl Boner Journal was because almost every time somebody asks me for a tip, I'm like, you should journal about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this isn't a sales plug. It's just the honest truth. I think that journaling is a really, really powerful way to tap into what your insecurities are, work through them, um, peel back the layers of fear and anxiety and um, and all the good stuff too. You know, tap into those desires and, and then practice. If you have to say it out loud to yourself first, to, to a friend of hers, uh, I think there's no shame in that whatsoever. Nobody starts out an expert. We all start out as beginners. We have to learn. Yeah, and I agree. And once you hear your own voice out loud, you'll either laugh at that silly thing or say, oh, my God, that's what I really want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. All right, August. Unfortunately, we are out of time. We reserve the right to call you back and have another great show based on, I don't know, your podcast, your next book, your next journal. Uh, You just put out so much amazing information, credible, all about sexuality and relationships. We love having you on. Uh, Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can reach out to you and where they can get the Girl Boner Journal, which is coming out soon. Thank you so much, Carolyn David. So you can learn more about me and my work at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. And the book is available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Target. And it's a very grassroots um, effort to, to sell this book and promote it. So if you enjoy it, if you order it on Amazon or elsewhere, Amazon reviews are incredibly helpful for algorithms, especially when you write about sex because <laughs> the algorithms don't allow us in very easily. So um, those are so helpful. And then telling your friends about it, you know, sharing is caring. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear what people think. And I'm always available if people have questions or, um, you know, want to hear more. I, I'm very accessible. August, thanks so much. Thank you both so much. And for the work you do, you're awesome. Our pleasure. So we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests like August McLaughlin, and we hope you do too. Remember, great sex matters. And you deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. Remember to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find credible information about sex and sexuality and relationships. Remember to sign up on stc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. You can use promo code 30314 for the first month free. Check it out. And of course, we want to invite you to join us on the SDC Croatian Cruise in 2020, departing from Venice, Italy on August 29, 2020 for seven sensual nights and eight glorious days of visiting some of the most historic cities in Europe throughout Croatia and the Eastern Mediterranean. Come party with us on a ship full of open-minded, sexy couples and find yourself swept up into a dream world of such incredible beauty and sensuality that's going to take your breath away. For more information about this trip or anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Thanks to our special guest, August McLaughlin, and especially to you for listening. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking all about sex and sexuality and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you. 
you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.